This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. This is part one in a series of three messages on open societies. Mr. George Soros is undeniably well-known for his philanthropic efforts and for the work of his world-spanning progressive battleship, the Open Society Foundations. But although his billions of dollars of political and societal influence are well-documented, it would be a mistake to observe Mr. Soros as just a businessman. That is not his motivation. Mr. Soros is first and foremost one of the most successful philosophers of our age, and by this I mean that he is not just an ivory tower philosopher. He is a man of action and of purpose to prove his theories is correct and to reshape and carve the nations and the human race into his and others' Pygmalion dreams. It is well known that Soros was inspired by the work of his former mentor at the London School of Economics, Dr. Carl F. Popper, who wrote The Open Society and Its Enemies. In his book-length essay, My Philanthropy, Soros defines the goal of his philanthropy as number one, opening closed societies, number two, making open societies more viable, and number three, promoting a critical mode of thinking. And although Soros has developed his own theories, and often takes Popper's idea of the open society in new unintended directions, and in particular with a postmodern deconstructionist bent to replace current civilizations with reshaped multicultural progressive new dogmatics, in which Popper's tolerance paradox could still exist, Soros still acknowledges his debt to Popper's thought. Therefore, it is worth examining Popper's open society theory more closely as a way of thinking about the global political manipulation of Soros. Published in 1945, the open society and its enemies criticized the forms of thought which Popper believed led to the totalitarian systems of fascism. Popper held that the totalitarian impulse came from those who favored the form of life known as the quote, closed society, end quote. The closed society, according to Popper, is tribal. Popper saw the closed society as controlled by magical forces, and its social institutions as based on cultural and religious taboos. Therefore, the closed society possesses a stubborn rigidity in its forms of life, which supposedly have a supernatural justification. The closed society's tribal morality also manifests itself in a lack of critical thinking. Individuals take their cues from the social functions that the tribe requires of them. The result is that people in closed tribal societies do not think for themselves or try to organize social life rationally, but conform to whatever taboos and norms happen to be presented to them. In contrast... The open society is one that encourages rational reflection. While closed societies demand collectivism and put the tribe before the individual, open societies give individuals the freedom and responsibility to think for themselves. By the way, notice that this is exactly the opposite of actually what's happening right now under Soros' influence. The open society is based above all on individualism, democracy, equality, and faith in reason. So now, if you're following along with history and what's going on around us, you'll see that what they are saying and intending that they want to do is exactly the opposite of what they say they believe in. Now, a brief detour in this story. 
The solutions by which Soros is using to destroy what he sees as a closed collective society is by promoting a postmodern approach and demanding an infinite number of tribal collectives that will only be united by one common, one unifying bond. Their oppression by Judeo-Christian Western civilization. But I digress. Well, Dr. Karl Popper held the belief that the open society first rose in ancient Athens, but was soon challenged by its contemporaries. The totalitarian spirit, which for Popper's understanding is as old as civilization itself, was born of the attempt to stifle the progress of the open society. He singles out Plato as a prime example of this totalitarian spirit. Now remember... To a great measure, Western civilization owes quite a bit to Plato's Republic and the concepts of the individual, the state, and justice. But according to Popper's narrative, Plato witnessed the negative effects that the transition to the open society was having upon his contemporaries. The transition away from the tribal morality of the closed society to the universal morality of the open society caused civilizational strain, leaving people feeling adrift and disoriented. In Popper's view, Plato diagnosed this problem correctly, but proposed a regressive solution. Rather than encourage people to march bravely forward into the new open society paradigm, Popper states that Plato mounted a sustained attack upon democracy and freedom, seeking in the name of eternal values to roll back the clock to the closed society. And to this day, the totalitarian impulse arises time and again due to civilizational strain and a hostility to the values of the open society. Popper's is a bold thesis, but it is simplistic and risks collapsing diverse phenomena into a narrow interpretive framework. For example, can we really compare the metaphysical systems and communal forms of solidarity found in traditional societies with the prophetic historicism of Marx and the collectivism of Soviet Russia? Further, can we really compare Plato, whose dialogues time and again correct the notion that might makes right, to Hitler? Popper misunderstands the motivations of those who value traditional ways of life and deeply held beliefs, and confuses resistance to cultural decay with the impulse to radically change the world that was characteristic of both communism and fascism. Popper's misdiagnosis of the totalitarian spirit holds serious consequences for how we think about diversity of customs in our society. Today, the Open Society Philanthropic Institutions, as best exemplified by Mr. Soros, talk a lot about advocacy for migrant communities and strengthening local cultures. Of course, the communities that the Open Society adherents always advocate for are communities that are not part of the majority ethnicities of the country that is in question, such as Israel. Islam in the UK, or the Roma in Central Europe. So the open society push is to cry of oppression and demand that all of Western civilization must be upended due to systemic Anglo or colonial privilege. But under Popper's understanding of totalitarianism, these groups represent closed societies. If cultural groups trying to protect their traditions and customs object to social shifts that threaten their way of life, it is hard to see how the open society theory could do anything but dismiss them, like Plato, as proponents of the old tribal morality. 
There is little room for dialogue if their motives are fundamentally rational. They must ultimately be pressured to give way to the rational ways of life of the open society. For Soros, one of the most important takeaways from Popper's ideas is that no single philosophy or worldview is in possession of the truth. Groups need to let go of, quote, their truth, end quote, and work for an open society. But then it follows logically that the open society becomes, by default, the new closed paradigm, the new closed society, the overarching truth by which members of the society must live. If that's the case, there is ultimately no room for diversity of thought and ways of life, which is what we are watching before our very eyes, the creation of a new, demanded, dogmatic collective that is repulsed by actual individualism. Acceptance of a woke or oppressed collective and a casting off of traditional customs becomes a prerequisite for membership, because everything else is, quote, totalitarian. Thus, what presents itself as the best type of society for embracing different ways of life is in reality the beginning of the greatest uniformity. Anyone truly seeking to strengthen cultures and diverse local ways of life should be willing to critique Popper's fundamental misunderstanding of the source of totalitarianism. It is this view, now driven politically, sociologically, and religiously by the Open Society's Foundation and Mr. Soros, that is the primary reason which explains the ultimate why behind all the civilizational chaos going on in our nation and world today. This is the stated goal of Open Society's foundations. These ideas are not secretive or hidden away. They are on your television daily, in myriads of books in your local latte-selling bookstore, and they are available on YouTube videos from Open Society members for you to listen to. They are in the policies of progressive Democrats and Republicans, Labor Party, and conservative parties, and sadly, they are being proclaimed from the pulpits across the United States all fueled by billions of dollars meant to smash Western civilization to bits and then reshape it into their open society, utopian heart's desires. And so how will they accomplish this drive towards a supranational, economically Keynesian democracy? Through the tools of reflexivity and its handmaiden, the fertile fallacy, to propagandize men and women alike, to be against cultural distinctions, against traditional moral values, and to be against the preservation of our borders and blur distinctions of what makes a person a citizen of a nation. The top-down, bottom-up, inside-out strategy is clearly in place in the United States, the United Kingdom, and in various European nations. And, in the end... In their false quest to eradicate the world from fascism and totalitarianism, they have themselves brought into our world the very definition of true fascism and totalitarianism. There is no room for disagreement or for variance from the progressive agenda. You must submit or you will either be marginalized or ruined. Men and women around the globe, and in particular the United States, need to begin to understand that the grand political and sociological struggle for our generation is simply this. Sovereign nations versus open societies. Ladies and gentlemen, 
If you're going to remember one thing from today's episode, let it be this. Every other argument and political controversy stems from this civilizational battle. Whether it be the rage against nationalism, knees bending at NFL games during the national anthem, multiplicities of newly created genders, illegal immigration, the new postmodern concepts of critical race theory and white privilege, the tearing down of monuments, the gradualistic push to allow foreign non-U.S. citizens to vote, the rage against the right of freedom of Christian expression, the demand to tear down the borders, the Me Too movement and the tearing down of the patriarchy, the progressive postmodern push in all of our high schools, colleges, and universities, the push for equity instead of equal opportunity, the rage against the Second Amendment, all of it is because the struggle today is a battle between the preservation of a sovereign constitutional nation against the massive push for a borderless, nationless, open society. It's time that everyone begins to research, become educated, and realize that everything that we have that is of any value in our civilization is under attack by the smiling faces of social justice and virtue. And their goal is an open society. This is Michael O'Fallon, and this has been... The Causes of Things.